This is the I Make a Living podcast brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting solution for small business owners and their teams. With the ongoing COVID-19 situation, we know this is a challenging time for entrepreneurs. FreshBooks and I are here for you as a resource and community to give you the support you need. In addition to weekly I Make a Living episodes and bonus episodes focused specifically on how your business can survive the coronavirus restrictions, we invite you to join our Facebook community page. There you'll find helpful webinars, videos from business leaders, and an opportunity to connect with other entrepreneurs who are experiencing the same challenges you're going through right now. Join the community at facebook.com slash groups slash I Make a Living or simply search the hashtag I Make a Living to find our community page. We'll see you there. I'm your host, Demona Hoffman, and I'm one of you, an entrepreneur who knows how to hustle. According to Fortune magazine, 49% of Americans under the age of 35 report having a side hustle. Some side hustles are born out of necessity, some are born out of passion. As Oprah says, do what you have to until you can do what you want. This is a topic that's come up a lot at our I Make a Living live events. How do you balance living your rent-paying life versus your kind of hustle long-term goals that you want to make? How do you juggle doing what you want to when you're doing what you have to? Our guest for today is Rich Jones, and he is no stranger to the side hustle. So by day, I'm a internal communications manager at Google. So anytime there's a tool process system or policy change that impacts the global staffing organization, my team is the team that helps figure out how we message that to all of the employees or uh, all of the contractors or vendors who need that information so that they can effectively do their job. And uh, as you can probably imagine right now, uh, it is a super crazy time for anyone working in any type of communications or PR type of role. So logging longer hours, less mental space at the end of the day. Uh, and I've been doing that for just under a year now. And previous to that, I had a decade in staffing. But as an entrepreneur, you also have side hustle after side hustle. You would think Google's like, that's pretty good, Rich. That's pretty good to be working as an internal communications manager at Google. But that's not enough for you. Yeah, because two things I really value are one, freedom. That's my top value. And uh, work at a day job, you know, it, it gives me the finances to be able to have some types of freedom, but I love to create. And then the other thing that I really value, I mean, there's multiple things, but uh, helping others and while I help people at work, it's I don't get the same level of satisfaction that I get from helping people, whether it's uh, figuring out things with their personal finances, how to take the next step in their career, or even how to create a podcast. So I do host a podcast and uh, and have a business tied to it. Uh, the podcast is called Paychecks and Balances. And so I've been doing that show since... Uh, 2016, but have been podcasting since 2013, and that show is primarily supported by uh, sponsors and, uh, and and affiliate relationships. And then uh, I also have the podcast consulting business that lives under the Showstarter brand at theshowstarter.com. So lately, it's been more ad hoc, where I'm doing more ad hoc hourly conversations with folks as opposed to full-on consulting projects. And uh, a big part of that is I just don't have the time because I do already have so much stuff going on. 
and you value your freedom. So yes. freedom isn't really fitting in much into the schedule these days. Well, here's the thing, though. When I am working on a podcast project, when I am working on a personal finance or career-oriented project, that does feel like freedom to me because I'm doing something that's energizing and that's allowing me to do what I ultimately want to be able to do full time at some point in the future. So while I may have less time because of some of the side projects that I'm working on, I do feel that I'm experiencing a level of freedom that I can't really get elsewhere right now. I wanted to explore how paychecks and balances came to be. The very first thing you see on their website, paychecksandbalances.com, is their mission statement in big, bold letters. We help millennials make money, save money, and get out of debt. I love it. But Rich says he didn't have this much clarity in their mission initially. In fact, he and his business partner, Marcus, had many iterations of their podcast before. They used audience data to tell them that their listeners wanted more specific and focused content. Once they knew that the show had to focus around millennial money management, they needed a title. For Rich, his best ideas always pop up in the most unexpected places. If you've ever had a moment where you're, let's say you're out on a run, you're at the gym, you're in the shower, you're driving, uh, and you have this amazing idea come up, I actually had to pull off the highway <laughs> to write wow. down the name. I was like, paychecks and balances, that's it. Paychecks, work, balances, money. Either way, someone can tell the show is about money on some level, which is extremely clear. Uh, and that's how paychecks and balances came to be. And uh, yeah, we ended up sunsetting the previous show and uh, going with paychecks and balances since uh, 2016. That is inspired rich <laughs> you know i'm just remembering as we're talking i was like oh shoot i had one of those kind of ideas last night in bed and i didn't write it down and now i'm like wait what was it yeah. <laughs> as a creative who also works a day job and has multiple clients and projects is there a way that you generally keep your creative brain motivated or organized trello is my best friend if you're not familiar, Trello, it's primarily used as a project management tool, but I also use it as a place to uh, brain dump. And you could think of it as some folks like to have, will do a sticky note system where they'll have a top level sticky note that represents a topic. And then you move all the other sticky notes around it or beneath it around. I'm not sure if that makes sense. I'm going to pressure test that and see if that makes sense to you. Yeah, I've used Trello before, so I get it. You know what's funny, though? It didn't quite work for my brain. Mm. Um, we switched to Monday, which works a lot better. It's so funny how each of these systems, it's like I have, in a way, a mental map of certain things. And I was looking for a long time for a project management solution that looked the same way things looked in my brain. Does that make sense? That makes complete sense. And that's actually why I like Trello. So you're a Trello brain. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And it's going to be different for everyone, but I like the simple layout of what's everything that's on the plate or even having a, a list of topics or just things that I want to get to. What are all of the things that are going on right now? What status or stage is that thing in? And what I really like about uh, something like a Trello, and, and it probably comes more in handy for processes and, and procedures, and I put procedures in air quotes, but being able to create things like reusable checklists, because a big part of it for me is also reducing mental load. So 
I want my creative mind to flourish. And for my creative mind to flourish, I need to have as much capacity and space as possible. So any type of task that I'm following the same steps on a regular basis and with podcasting, it's a great example of that. I just pull up the checklist and instead of doing what a lot of us do, where we sit down and go, ah, there's something I needed to do next. Ah, what do I do now? It is very easy for me to go in and see exactly what's next, exactly what the steps are. And if I needed to hand those things off, and I'm sure Monday probably does the same thing. If I needed to hand off any particular task to our virtual assistant or another team member, it's very easy to do that because all of the information is contained right there, as opposed to me having to sit and figure out what do I do? How do I do that again? How could I tell someone else how to do this? Those are all things that I figure out up front. Yeah. And I've also seen, I saw you talk at Podcast Movement Evolutions. And in addition to using Trello to organize yourself, you've also, to create that freedom, I imagine, you've automated a lot of tasks. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about how you found the right tools for that and your favorite tools that um, have enabled you to find that freedom? Yeah. And uh, the automation, it has a lot of different looks to it. But for me, Zapier, which is a, it's, it's pretty much a if this, then that platform that's out there that allows you to integrate and create automations across probably hundreds of pieces of, of, of software. And I think part of it for me was when I was uh, documenting a lot of our processes, and that's one thing I, I talked about in the presentation is the importance of documentation. And as I, I started documenting all of the various steps that it takes to get something done, I realized that there was a lot of duplicative effort and that there were things that weren't high value for me to do that could probably be done by a machine or by somebody else. And uh, it really was in a quest to be able to ultimately save time. Um, and even something as simple as Calendly, which is what we use to um, schedule interviews. So what I love about that, as opposed to the back and forth with a guest trying to figure out a great time, it's, hey, here's our calendar pick a time and then they pick a time in that same space. They also uh, see a link for Dropbox to upload their headshots because one of the most annoying things behind the scenes for podcasters who haven't implemented a step like this is going back and forth with a guest about the headshots and the photos and things that you're going to need in the last mile when you're trying to get an episode out there. So we're able to simplify that up front. And even when a guest uploads a photo to Dropbox, I've set up a connection via Zapier to automatically notify the appropriate team members that that photo is there so that they can then move on to the next steps. So there's a, a lot of different kind of little integrations like that. Uh, another one is uh, I, I love using Slack. It's probably my, my, my favorite business communication platform, even though I work at a, a company that probably wouldn't appreciate <laughs> me saying that. <laughs> we won't tell them. <laughs> but, but even little things, like, like I may be talking to my co-host in Slack about something, and instead of having to then switch over to Trello, I can type a command in Slack and create the card that contains all the information that I need so that it's automatically there. But yeah, Zapier is is the base of it. But uh, you'll find that with uh, a lot of the popular platforms that are out there, they do have integrations or partnerships with other companies who are doing related or complementary work. So sometimes it's just a matter of uh, reviewing the features, understanding what your needs are. And that was a big part of it. Because a lot of people get all sorts of software and programs and things that they don't really need just because somebody said it was cool, as opposed to identifying tools and, and systems 
integration needs based off of what you actually need within your business. That's true. But I, I want to level with you, Rich, because I'm people think because I'm an online dating coach, I'm a tech person. But <laughs> really, I'm pretty basic on the tech. I'm trainable so I can learn things. But it's a lot of times it's the amount of time that it would take me to learn that tool. And I'm sure many of our listeners get intimidated by some of this new tech. What do you say to them and me? How can I make this technology digestible or should I just like give up and just pay somebody to do it? (laughs) One, uh, I will say that feeling of being intimidated by technology is okay. Um, I think everyone has been there. Even the most technologically inclined have been there at some point. And I do believe in simplifying and not overcomplicating. So, hey, if All you need to do your business is your Excel sheet and your email or just your Google suite of products. And that's all you need to run everything in your business. I mean, you're probably going to need some awesome accounting software, potentially like a FreshBooks. Um, Didn't pay you to say that. (laughs) Just want to let everyone know. But it is a good tool. It is a good tool. But uh, I think starting with simplicity and and really, uh, I think that analysis of just like, what do I really need? Like what this, especially right now, like what do I absolutely need? And then what would be kind of nice to have? And I think you'll find that when you're focused on what you like, the most basic things that you need, uh, and then what you, it's, there's almost like sub needs within that thing. So for example, um, I need a project management tool. Okay. What do I need that tool to be able to do? Um, or what task am I doing today that it would make sense for a tool like this to be able to do? And then uh, with a, a lot of these programs that are out there today, they are pretty good about their onboarding experience. And yes, you could pay somebody to figure out uh, what systems to, to buy or, or what tools to use. But I do think there's value in maybe picking a tool, learning it yourself with the anticipation that at some point in the future, you are going to hand it off to somebody. And I'll give an example of that. Uh, Even with podcasting, I produced probably our first 200 episodes or whatever it was, essentially from 2013 until last year. And that made it extremely easy when it came time to hand it off to a podcast editor. I knew exactly what to say, exactly what language to use. I knew how long certain things should take. And even with some of the systems that, that we've rolled out, and really, we don't have 20 million different tools. Uh, it's, it's For us, it's pretty much you know Slack, Trello. But yeah, I mean, if you decide that you want to just test one thing out, then play around with it. Make it something you you do during your spare time. Then know that you're not going to master it. But again, I'd really encourage, if you are going to start playing around with tools that are out there and uh, tools that are built with the user in mind, which makes using them easier, uh, that you don't overload yourself trying to take a thousand different recommendations about a thousand different things. And I am willing to bet if you went into Zapier and went through a couple of their tutorials that you would get the hang of that pretty quickly and start rubbing your palms together and thinking about how you could apply it to your business. Okay, when we're done, I'm making a commitment now to at least (laughs) dip my toe in the waters. One additional challenge that I faced in my business is not having the time or expertise to build out a product for every potential customer in my market. A few years ago, I realized that affiliate products could be a great way to serve my audience and earn a commission without having to do all the heavy lifting myself. Simply put, 
Affiliate programs are arrangements where product creators will pay affiliates to send them traffic, leads, or customers. This is one thing that Paychecks and Balances has down. I'd say for many of the affiliates that we have, and so we have uh, affiliates for courses on investing or money management, and, and there are things that we could create, but are probably better created by someone else who considers themselves an expert in that field. And honestly, we don't consider ourselves experts in anything, though uh, people look at us for our expertise. I guess it's like us (laughs) trying to be humble or something. (laughs) But for the affiliates that we promote on the podcast, uh, most of them are genuinely products that we use and like. And if we have a particular product that we've used or liked, we will check to see if they have an affiliate program because it's much easier to speak about something that, of course, you love and like and speak passionately about it. Uh, Some of the other affiliates are from uh, guests that have come on the podcast. So I mentioned the investing courses, but there are also other companies that we've had on. Uh, For example, there's a a service called Tiller, which is a budget tracking sheet that's all done via Google Sheets. And it's something that I would have paid for and used anyway. (laughs) And, And I really liked it. But uh, we were able to start an affiliate relationship with them because I strongly believed in the product even before I used it and also meeting their folks at a conference. And then when I did start using it, uh, I realized the value, one for myself, but also the value that it could have for our audience. So uh, we try to be pretty diligent about people that we know personally and trust. And we did have a situation recently where we had to reconsider some affiliates because Uh, Right now there is, and it's really disappointing, but right now I've noticed that there's a pocket in the personal finance space that is kind of capitalizing on the fear that people have right now and the angst that people have right now, specifically as it relates to investing as a topic and saying, hey, the market, you know, you got to get in on this. And so people are giving advice, telling people stocks to buy and, and things that if you don't already have a foundation in that and you weren't planning to maybe buy these stocks, you probably shouldn't be doing that now. But there are folks who are capitalizing on that. So we have had to go back through all of our most recommended affiliates and also kind of look through their social media and see how they're approaching things right now to make sure that we still align with them. And there are companies that unfortunately we did have to remove from promotion because we felt they were no longer serving the best interest of our audience. Mm. That that is you've hit the nail on the head. It's all about serving your audience. Right. And if you think of it from that perspective, it makes it easier to filter since you brought up money. And since it's (laughs) April tax month, a lot of people now are at the point where they don't have enough to make ends meet. And you've talked a lot about debt on your show. What is your feeling right now about is there good debt to take on when you're in this we're, you know, we're in a pandemic, we're in a crisis point. And for many of our listeners, there's literally just not enough to go around. The good that uh, that conversation gets tricky because I am an advocate of, of course, being debt free, uh, not having debt hanging over your head, especially uh, when you're creating a balance for yourself that you're not able to pay off in full every month. But I, I do understand that we are in a very unique situation and climate right now. So I would say one thing that's changed about my advice is, uh, hey, if you need to 
pay the minimum payment for a few months to be able to create some additional cash for yourself to take care of immediate needs, then do that. That is okay. Uh, because we have a lot of folks in our audience who are, and, and you read these stories out there, paid off $200,000 of debt in just under three years. Yet yeah, now is probably not the time for that. So uh, I have personally told folks, hey, I know you had this aggressive payment plan. If you really need to have more additional cash on hand, then it is okay to slow down to the minimum payment or cut back on the amount that you were paying so that you have some additional money at your disposal. As far as uh, taking on new debt, yeah, I I think that there are going to be situations where it may require someone to take on a loan. It may require someone to start using their credit card and and then making those partial payments because they just don't have uh, enough money coming in. I also ask folks to look at what costs they can cut as well, because taking on debt is one thing. And I know that uh, you can't cut costs and and become wealthy off of that. But I have become uh, very ruthless about my expenses. And and I'm someone who is fortunately in a good space and, and, and has an emergency fund, but I've become very diligent about looking at what I'm spending on, uh, looking at uh, services that I use. Uh, I have not gotten rid of Netflix. I have deemed that a necessary expense during this time, <laughs> along with Hulu. But I think a lot of times people don't understand where their money is going. So I, I think the first step before you think about you know going out and, and securing loans and things like that is is understanding what your financial situation is today, understanding the amount you need to have each month. And a lot of folks don't sit down and, and do that exercise. And e- even within businesses, I know of business owner and at one point have been a business owner that really didn't sit down and, and, and do that monthly assessment. And now um, our virtual assistant does help with that. But when you understand uh, where you are today, let's say how you've been spending over the past few months and, and what the normal amount of money you need is, you understand where you want to get to and and the plans you may have had. It does make it easier to figure out, okay, I'm probably going to need X amount or, okay, I'm probably not going to have this for the next few months. So I know that I'm going to cut on this. I am going to have to use the credit card. Maybe I am going to have to pay a, a bit of interest and I know that that's okay. Because, you know, six months down the road, I'll have a new job or I'll have uh, this other source of revenue. And this is also a great time for product and content creators to create things and put them out there into the world because people do still have needs. People are still buying courses and things like that every day. So, uh, yeah, really that assessment of where you are, that assessment of where you're trying to get to, and then understanding if you do need to use a credit card or you do need to secure a loan to make needs meet, that that's okay But you want to make sure that you also think about what that payment plan is going to be up front. So this isn't something that you're battling, you know, five, six or even 10 years from now. Mm, Such great advice. Rich, it has been a pleasure talking to you. I feel enlightened. I feel a lot more organized in my mind. I'm a lot more confident about trying new tools. (laughs) I'm going to ask you this final question before we go. Even though you've given us so many tools already, we end each interview by asking our guests for their favorite tips and tools that make their life as an entrepreneur more livable. Evernote, which most folks know about, has been uh, fantastic for more free free writing, free handwriting, longer Mm -hmm. writing. You do that and you do Trello. Yeah. So they serve two different purposes. Uh, Trello, I do have a personal board, but uh, I have a Trello board for the show starter, a Trello board for paychecks and balances, and I have one for work. 
But when I'm just like jotting down just like random, like for, like for example, if I think of a cool quote or something like that, sometimes it's just I'm making a grocery list. It's much easier for me to do that in Evernote than it is to uh, do that in Trello. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to make a, a different card for each item on, on my grocery list. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, when I wrote down the paychecks and balances name, uh, that was in Evernote. I pulled over and uh, and I wrote it down in uh, in, in Evernote. There is one other uh, tool that I, I I don't use it a whole lot, but when I do, and it's especially as a creative person, it's called MindMeister, and it's a, a mind mapping tool. So think, you know, start with one box in the middle, and then you start building out branches or webs or. Uh, some other terminology like that. And uh, I've used that to map out potential businesses in the past. I've used it to, as I was going through the process of creating an outline or all the potential things I could cover in a course, I've used it for that as well. I do think there's a a small monthly fee that's attached to it. But if you're uh, looking for a way to just kind of like brain dump ideas and and build it out across multiple levels, MindMeister is worth looking into. And uh, I have it on my phone, but I've, actually I have used it recently uh, when I <laughs> was working on a, a presentation pitch for uh, an upcoming conference. So mind mapping uh, all the potential things that I could cover and the level of detail that I could go into. So that is another one I will throw out there that I have not heard many folks recommend. Rich, you are a wealth of information and I'll be trying tool tips. <laughs> no, you are succeeding, certainly. So thank you for joining us during what I'm sure is a very challenging time for you at Google and with managing your side hustles. And uh, I am forever grateful to you for sharing these new tips and tools with us. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, appreciate you having me on and practice gratitude. I've been saying that a lot lately. Right now, appreciation for the the simple things and and simple joys is probably more uh, meaningful than it's ever been. Whether you're a side hustler or a full-time entrepreneur, Rich's insights can be a game changer for you to be able to get it all done. Here are some key takeaways from today's episode. Find the tech that works for you and don't be intimidated by the time it will take you to learn it. If you can't build a product, Find someone else who has it and offer it to your clients as an affiliate. It's a win-win-win. And keep your systems and ideas organized for your own process and sanity or so you can delegate tasks as your business grows. Make sure you listen to Paychecks and Balances for advice on money management and visit theshowstarter.com if you could use Rich's help with starting a podcast. This podcast was brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting solution for small business owners and their teams. We have an exclusive offer that's just for our podcast listeners at freshbooks.com slash I-M-A-L. That's freshbooks.com slash I-M-A-L, short for I Make a Living. Our audio engineer and composer is James Morris. Our producer and director is Paco Erzmendi. And I'm your host and producer, Demona Hoffman. Let's connect on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Demona Hoffman or at DemonaHoffman.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook community page at Facebook.com slash groups slash I Make a Living or search the hashtag I Make a Living on Facebook to find us. And look out for some bonus episodes that we'll be dropping every week to help you run your business during this pandemic. And don't forget to do what you love because it's your business. See you next week.